Welcome to the second series of The Slice, a weekly pick-me-up podcast covering everything from work woes to self-care. Brought to you by myself, Tara Starlet. And me, Megan Morass. We bring you bite-sized segments to get you motivated every Monday morning. The Slice podcast is a motivational tool to build your morning routine around, so you can start your day on the right foot and kick ass all week. Today we're really excited to welcome today's guest, Gina Martin. Thank you for joining us. Gina is the author of the new book, Be the Change, which is everything you need to know about getting involved in activism and feeling empowered to raise your voice on topics that you feel passionate about. And you will know her as the activist who got upskirting made illegal, which we're all very grateful for. And um, just generally being an empowering presence of change in our society. So thank you, Gina, for being fab and for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, We have pulled a quote, which is off the back of Gina's book, um, which basically puts it better than we could in our own words. It says, Gina Martin is a sensation, a one-woman whirlwind whose campaigning skills and passion for justice achieved vital legal change which the state political system would otherwise have left unremedied. So there you go. That's amazing. Gina, thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Um, Before we kick off, do you want to just tell us a little bit more about your journey with writing the book, Be The Change? Yeah, so the campaign that I started, which you mentioned, was in 2017 in July. I started it. And then the book... I wrote at the beginning of this year. So I actually started the book Christmas 2018, which, and the the campaign finished in February. So I basically, the last three months or two months of the campaign, I wrote the book as well, which was, I mean, made sense, I guess, for like the campaign to end and to be like, here's everything you need to know. Mm. But it was obviously a lot of pressure. Yeah. I wrote it in two months. What? And I had a full-time job as well. It's not a small book. It's like... No, 60,000 words, yeah. And I had a full-time job, so I kind of lost my... Ability to be Did you sleep? I did sleep. I actually never wrote it into the night, which is, I don't know how I did that. But I, to be fair, it was an experience that was probably easier than if I wrote any other book because I was writing what I'd learned in the past two years. Yeah. And I think because it was so fresh in my head because I was still doing the campaign, I think if I tried to write it now, it would have been harder. So I was just bashing out all this stuff that I knew that I'd learned that, I, but it was putting it in the order, I think it was difficult because two years campaigning is a complex process but it was amazing book to write and I just think it was really like cathartic as well for me to write it after those two years and I think it's really helpful because I just hate it when people achieve stuff and they hold their cards close to their chest like I'm like show other people how to do this shit it's good for everyone yeah especially when the shit is making the world a better place yeah like (laughs) don't be like oh that's my thing no it isn't no it isn't it's literally everyone's thing so like get it out there so it was really fun writing it and then I did the tour in June and that was awesome too that's amazing I mean, given that you did, let's say, three jobs at one time. Yes. Well, I think it's fair. Maybe maybe like seven jobs, because, you know, two of them were pretty big. Not obviously to downplay your like day-to-day job. That is also a very important job. Mm. Um, how did you prepare yourself in the mornings? Like, can you talk us through your morning routine? Did you have a morning routine whilst you were doing the book? Or 
Are you not a morning routine person? I am. You will never meet someone who is the least... I am the least morning person who has ever existed. <laughs> like, I feel personally attacked every time I have to wake up. Like, I get re... <laughs> and I need a lot of sleep. I've always needed a lot of sleep. I've always needed, like, 10 hours a night. It's not that I can't function in the day. I'm a very high-energy person, but I can't wake up. Yeah, you I will cannot sleep get out That's probably why, because you burn a lot. I'm a bit the same. I'm, like, very hyper person, but and I really, really love my sleep. Yeah, you burn the energy. Mm. My dad used to say this, and I thought it was, like, bullshit. Can I swear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you swear a lot. <laughs> Shit boobs tits. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a, I thought that was bullshit, but, like, he he was like, no, you, you're so on all the time. Like, mm. you are just, you don't sit down all day. You, you're so loud. You're constantly thinking. You've got ideas. You're always working. So I think I tie myself up. I tie myself up. But in the mornings during the campaign, I had a full-time job, as you mentioned, so I would be getting up uh, before work. I was mm. at work at nine. It was half an hour away from me, which makes it easy. But I'd be getting up before work, talking to Ryan, my lawyer, working out what we were doing that day and what was going on that week with the campaign, going to work, working on the campaign in work time when it was quiet, which I shouldn't have. They were very understanding about that. Working at lunchtime on it. And that the morning, I guess, kind of set me up for the campaign for the day because when you walk into an office, okay, fine, it's like you have your laptop there, the environment's there, you're like, okay, today is this, I'm working yeah. advertising, we're going on this brief today. You get told what you're doing, what the priority is. Yeah. But I had to get into a head a headspace of the campaign sort of every day because I was working in a job that wasn't that. Yeah. And I could very easily lose momentum when you have a full-time job. Yeah. And so I was doing sort of 5 a.m. starts and then going Fucking before I went to work. Now, I do not do that. <laughs> so uh, now since the campaign finished, I've gone freelance and now my morning routine is is basically every day is different. So now mm. I like try and get up as early as I can. It's usually around nine. Yeah. That's as early as I can get up now. Um, and I try and work out or do literally 20 minutes of moving in some way, which I hate so much. <laughs> I love the honesty. I hate it. It hurts so much. I feel stupid. You should I see hate... Gina's face right now. It actually I'm literally in pain. Yeah, I'm literally <laughs> staring at the floor. Like, I hate it so much. But if I can do it, which feels like a huge triumph every time I do it... Mm. Once I've finished, I have energy so I can get on yeah. with my day. And mm. Tara, you were saying before, like, it's a fork in the road. Like, yeah. it, you, things multiply if you start with a good decision. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's like, if the I always talk about it as like, almost like a kind of smug, the smug effect. Mm. And that like, if you feel, but obviously smug's got negative connotations, but if you feel good about yourself and a sense of like satisfaction and like uh, esteem in, in taking that first kind of productive, good, a responsible step in your day mm. then that's more likely to follow through and mm. then you then you'll be like okay well what else can I do that's gonna be like I'm the best person at exactly <laughs> no you're right because if because I find that so hard working out and I just do it at home like I have two sets of weights and a yoga man I just do videos if I can do some kind of physical activity because I hate it so much it's like oh the rest of the day is piece of piss because yeah. I hate that so much yeah. I've done it already exactly it's amazing how many people who have actually come onto the slice and talked about their morning routine and how much they have to actually force themselves oh, yeah. to do it like yeah. it is painful for everyone depending on what it is whether it's getting up at an ungodly hour whether it's meditating whether it's doing some free writing we had someone that writes a page every morning just mm. like journaling making sure that they get their words down but that that process of doing it, everybody goes through this, oh, I can't be bothered. Yeah, all of us. Yeah. And I think we um, think we all everybody jump Everybody feels yeah. brilliant after it. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. So that's do you know what? Coffee lists and working out. If I could do that every morning, I would honestly be taking on the Are world. you a list person then? I've never not had a list going. Like, really? I have a massive chalkboard above my desk and I have a list on it in priority. 
Right. Because if it's just a list of ten things, then I just read the top one. And I'm like, you know. But don't get... you have to then keep moving everything around as things move around? <laughs> yeah, so I put that's stars. Why it's chalk. I think that, yeah. <laughs> right. So Sorry. I put stars on stuff if it's like, oh, that has to be done now. Yeah. But I have a list, and then I'll rub it off, and then I'll add to that list, and that list never never ends. But it's right there on my wall, so if I'm like walking past, it's like, oh shit, you have to do that thing. Yeah. Like yeah, I so can't get like away from that. It's not my phone. tool, rather than. You know. Yeah. Who... You don't find it overwhelming. No, I don't. I don't know why. I think I find. There's something about like it just being, it's always there now. So like yeah. if it was like an, a big list I'd just written, I'd be worried. But because it's just an ongoing thing in my life, it's just, it, it helps These me. These are the things I need to do yeah, it just at makes some me, point. Reminds me to get shit done. You know who gave me an amazing tool, which actually I'd completely forgotten about, but I used to do it in my old house. It was a post-it list. So exactly the same. It was on a wall in my bedroom and I had three sections. I had a personal goals, life, like work goals. And then I had actions and they were all different colours and then I could move them around That's and they'd really move clever. into different columns. Mm. So a personal goal that would then became an action, I could just be like, right, I'm going to fucking do that today. This sounds oh, like a really good. Yeah, exactly like that. It's very useful and it's great because it's movable. So it felt like everything was interchangeable all at once. Whereas mm. with a list, I get... I'm like obsessive about neatness. Mm. And if I cross one thing off the list and then I don't manage to do the rest, I have to rewrite the list. Do you? Oh, mm. I, no, I'm not that. Yeah. That's actually really good. <laughs> post-it notes is a really good idea, though. Post-it My notes. sister does that with like her work. She, you go around and her fridge is covered in post-it notes. I think that's probably a really good idea. That's decent. Mm. Ooh, post-its. I can feel a product coming on. <laughs> Yay! I was just going to um, uh, say on the topic of your morning routine, then how impressive it is that, um, or, or I suppose how telling it is, that you were able to get up at 5 a.m., and work on yeah. your campaign when yes. you're so not a morning person. I don't recognise that as me. Like, I can't... When I look back and get up at 5am, I'm like, I cannot understand how I did that. I, honestly, and it sounds like I'm being kind of comedy, like, oh, I'm so bad. I Honestly, it's, <laughs> it's my biggest personal struggle is waking up in the morning and being and being able to go to bed early and being able to get up in the morning. I don't know what it is about me. And I can't recognise myself five I'm getting up but I think it was because I cared about it so much exactly that's I what really I was going to say it must it, 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 and it's quite interesting just in the context of um, our podcast being you know about morning routines and then on the topic of activism that obviously like if you have something that you're really passionate about even the most non-morning person in the world can get up at 5am to work on it that's why it's work. critical what you pick because yes. it has to come from inside you. Yeah. Because you will. You it, care it about that much. You can't really other do people anything else. Or, yeah. yeah. Mm. Exactly. And I guess that's going to come more and more kind of a question of concern or definitely something to consider as we become more activistic in our lifestyle and society accepts activism in a much more positive way. Yeah. And also platforms are open up to activists. We yeah. need to make sure that, you know, we're not just having an opinion for opinion's sake. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> So our next section is the live it list and this is our kind of real life tools um, and tips, uh, recommendations basically for the listeners for how they can introduce these elements of activism in their life or what, what, what things you find helpful to stay motivated on that. So, yeah, this is good. I think this is really helpful. Practical, practical advice is good. We were always like, go, girl. And then we're like, yeah, what can I actually do, though? <laughs> um, I'm going, girl, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> go where? Um, yeah, literally. <laughs> so I think one of the biggest things for me is, like, diversifying my social feed. Like, I spend so much time on 
social media mm. more than I should. And I think we all do. We spend more time then than we probably see our friends and family. And you just have to make it a place that is challenging you and asking you questions that you're learning from. You're never, like, it's very difficult. Whatever your cause is, it's very difficult to care about your cause if you don't care about what's going on with people in the world. Because yeah. then it's kind of a selfish endeavour. And and your activism will always be better if you understand other people's like um, perspectives and the way they live their lives and their experiences. You will run into massive problems if you don't. That's yeah. just the way it is. Like so, empathy, empathy, compassion, learning about other people. Do it. Reading uncomfortable articles mm. that make you feel uncomfortable. Reading co- and it, let me be very clear about this. It's about reading and listening. It's not about commenting and like yeah. just mm. marinate in other people's spaces, in other people's experiences. You don't have to say anything. You don't need to give your opinion on it. Just go and learn from people quietly. I have a new rule where when I start following something new, someone new, I don't comment for like a month. And I just make it a, like if I follow someone new and I haven't seen a lot of this, I just don't comment for a month. Because mm. why am I commenting? I don't know. I don't know them. Yeah. Like learn from them first. That's a really really good tip because it gets you more. It gets you activated about the world more when you read more stories when you understand people better that you had yeah. before. You can when things are normal to you, they don't anger you that much. Yeah. When things are normalized. You don't get angry. Um, also, my book's really good. Um, yeah, of course. Whoop, whoop, whoop. You should definitely buy the book. It's very practical. It's got basically like it's in two halves. First half is amazing activists that we're standing on the shoulders of and people that are doing amazing work now and how I've taken something from each person and been like, this is what they do really well. This mm. is a good thing to try and um, emulate or like learn about. And then um, why activism is so important now with politics and the internet and like what, why this is the best time possibly you could get involved in activism or campaigning or pushing for progress. And then the second half is basically practical advice. So how to write a press release, how to use social media for a campaign. Like really basic shit. Like when I, I worked in social media and digital marketing, that was my full-time job. Mm. So I had the education. But like... There's nowhere you can go that's like, this is how to do good branding in one page. This is how to use social media and like, this is how to start a petition. Like everyone goes, I'll go and start the government, I'll go to the governmental position petition website. Don't, because then the petition's in their hands. Yeah. Like it's your petition. Also, they're going to, they're stopping it. No one knows they're stopping it. Like there's, they say if you get 100,000 signatures... It will be debated. They don't say that. The small print says they'll consider debating it. They're never going to debate it. Don't put it into their hands if you're doing something political. Like, mm. all these things you need to question and think about. So the book takes you through all that stuff and basically is a really supportive place to start. And if anything, it should just it's get you amazing. excited about starting. Yeah, well, well, and feel like you're part of something as well. Yeah, because we all are. And I think the problem is, is that we don't feel like we are anymore. We feel like we're just kind of going along with our lives and we don't really have any right to to go into spaces and try and change things. And that's just absolute bullshit. I write in the book that I think it's like the biggest dupe of all time that normal people who experience these problems every day, who understand society every day, have somehow been convinced that they can't make the change. Yeah. That's like the jury who have the evidence being like, no, you can't do anything with it. Mm. You're like, how does that work? Mm. Surely the people who understand the problems the most should be the ones who are changing things, which is regular people. Um, so hopefully the book makes you realise that because... God, we need to realise it quickly. Yeah. The Jacob Reese marks of this world are not changing things. Like, oh shit. Oh my God. No. Literally that meme. Oh my God. So I just to add to the limitless, I was just telling these girls that I watched um, a new Netflix documentary last night, which I can only assume has literally just come out yesterday. Can um, I just preface this by saying that Tara is the most on... T 
TV. Like, if it's coming out, she knows about it. Really? She is there. She is ready. She's I'm ready to give you an update. Come to us for Rex. Comment on Instagram and we'll <laughs> give you Tara's Rex. I mean, I, I would, I'll accept that in in my sphere of interest. Yes, true. Outside of that, I've no idea. Like, period dramas, Game of Thrones, I don't, yeah, okay, I don't yeah. follow that shit. Okay, I'm into period dramas. <laughs> don't judge. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe together we've got it covered. But the new Netflix documentary is called This Is Personal and it follows the stories of um, some amazing women activists in America and um, the the planning process behind uh, the Women's March on Washington and it's just really, really interesting and exciting look at um, intersectional feminism, acti- activists, act- intersectional feminist activism in America. Amazing, <laughs> very good. Yeah. yeah, I need to watch that. That sounds right that sounds amazing. Yeah. And, and Knock Down, down the, the House. house. Yeah. yeah, we were just saying Knock Down the House. I think that is, I was saying to the girls here that I like literally cried, listeners, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I literally cried the entire time watching it because it was so close to what I experienced. If you want to know what campaigning activism like is like, that is the one to watch. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Amazing. We'll put it on the show notes, team. Yay. Okay, next section, Pulp Fiction. So this section is all about myth busting. So obviously there's so many myths about what you have to be to be an activist, what activism is, what campaigning is, mm. all those type of things. Is there any kind of myths that you want to just be like, for fuck's sake, that is not right? Yes, the biggest one and what I'm doing, trying to do with all my work is make people realise that you don't have to be a politician or the archetype of power to make change. I'm so fucking bored of people feeling like the only people who have a stake in changing things are politicians are academics, are educators, like not, like anyone can. Mm. We all have skills, we all have things we care about. I'm living proof of that. I have no political background or law background until I scrape by in school academically. Mm. I just was the best placed person to understand an issue Mm. and worked fucking hard and learnt about it and got the right people involved and did not stop and was really strategic. Mm. But there is literally no proof you have to be, you can only make change if you're like a politician or an academic. The best activists in the world will show you that. And there are hundreds of thousands of them. And they were all regular people before they came Martin Luther King or before they came Maya Angelou. Like, yes. all of those people were regular people who were angry. That mm. is how it started. Mm. Mm. So do you think anger is a really important tool to harness when you're campaigning? Yes, I think it's really positive. Mm. I think it gets a bad rep all the time. Um, because... Uh, you know the narrative is that anger turns people off from conversation and I understand that I personally have the belief that you really have to leave space for people's anger because I think Mm. it's very valid to be angry about the things that go on in the world like when we talk about gender inequality yeah I'm angry that every single one of my friends has had some kind of uh, brush with sexual assault yeah I'm angry that you know five million girls are still trafficked across the world every year yeah I'm angry there's a million reasons for me to be angry and you can't Anger doesn't delegitimize someone, I don't think. I think it is an amazing motivator. Yeah. Also, it seems to me that the people who are put off by the anger are the people who don't have that experience. Yes. Whereas the people who have that experience share in that anger. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it can be it, it, it could it can be polarizing in a good way as well. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it can. can actually be really um, it can create a real sense of shared um, pain. To unite people, yeah. yeah. Unite and I think people, the people who are yeah. like, 
oh yeah, you're too, you know, the angry feminist trope or like the angry black woman stereotype. Like, it's gonna I just think that's another way to delegitimize people. Yeah. Like, you don't want to learn anyway. Don't act like it's about the anger. You're not, you're not opening the door to this conversation. It's not about how they're communicating. You don't want to hear about it. You're defensive. Yeah. That's the problem. It's here. the defensive. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think the point that you mentioned earlier in terms of like quietly listening, and I think mostly active listening. Mm. I often find when people are saying you're getting too angry, you're getting too emotional, you're getting all of these things, they're not actually listening to the words to understand yeah not at all so no wonder i'm getting angry not to mention you're talking about things that have been you know that people have been talking about before you for generations 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 we're still dealing with these issues racism and the same questions that come up like this is the problem that i have is i try now when i do speaking like i used to say apologetically like oh i believe this i don't say that anymore it's a fact. I mean, this isn't a dispute. I'm not sitting here trying to convince you that we have a problem with gender inequality. I'm not tr- sitting here trying to convince you that we have a problem with structural racism. I'm, s- I'm just telling you what's happening in the world. And mm. whether you want to believe that or not, this isn't a debate. Mm. Like, we mm. too often yes. frame non-debatable issues as debates. They're not debates. Mm. Trans rights aren't debates. So let's not sit there and have a debate over it, because it isn't. Mm. It's human rights. Yeah. So when those questions come up, you know, like... Oh, yeah, but not all men. Oh, yeah, but some, so many, oh, like, rape one. accusations, some people lie, right? Yeah, but it's good to have in your bank. Okay, yeah, and 1% go to prosecution. And the and false rates of reporting on, on rape are between 5 and 7%. So can we talk about the 96% first, you know? Yeah. Have those facts in the back as well when you have those conversations because you can just sm- slam them out. Yeah, Stop you getting angry. Yeah. Stop you getting angry. But, yeah, I just, I, yeah, don't, I think you're right. I think it can be really uniting, but it can also be really polarising. But I just think anger's really valid in these conversations. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I yeah don't become it in every conversation but you're definitely allowed to use it yeah and um, another myth I think is that the idea that you don't that you can only speak about things that you have a lived experience on and I think that there is a that we have to have an awareness about um, approaching how we speak about things that we don't have a lived experience on but that we shouldn't shy away yeah. from being uh, we sh- we shouldn't be shied into silence mm. on injustice, that yeah. even if it doesn't affect us. Totally. And and that that we should be brave uh, to make mistakes, trying to be an ally totally and correct brave. ourselves along the way. Yes. Because that's better than being silent. Yeah, we're not. Silence never saved anyone. You know, you're never going to get anywhere if you can't talk. Like we we see this with race every day. Like white people can't talk about race. Why Rennie's book was such a huge success. And you're right. Like. Yes, don't become an authority on something you're not, you don't have lived experience of, but god damn, you have to speak about it. You have to learn about it, you have to ask questions. You have yeah, to, and that's that. Otherwise, we get nowhere. That's that yeah. listening yeah. again that, exactly. you, that you spoke of. Yeah. And standing in solidarity. Yeah, drawing attention to issues, like being like, I see you, I see this is a problem, I, I stand with you. Is yeah. not, that is not putting your nose where it's not wanted. So being a voice for that would be, but say, but you know, platforming and caring and saying, I care about this, I want to learn more about it. Yeah, we should all be doing that with almost everything. Mm. Yeah. Support. Yes, always. Okay, so next is our quote o'clock section, which is the quote that you live by, and this could be related to anything. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be on the topic of activism, although I'm sure that yours will be. (laughs) Yes. In some way. So mine is like, well, I was going to... So I'll say one thing that I just try and say in my head all the time. Yes. Because yeah. I think we have, like, there's an imposter syndrome thing with, like, everything. Even when you've 
like learn and study to be it like you can yeah. study to, like I still have it now like with my work like people be like change law and I'm like yeah but I just like I didn't mean to do you know what I mean like, <laughs> like shut up Gina like you work so hard so like <laughs> I, I didn't mean to yeah, I'm like no yeah, I know yeah whatever it's so annoying um and I think women really struggle with that and I'm sure I think marginalized people really struggle with that and I I just really I have this thing I say to myself, which is not groundbreaking. It's just really positive. Okay, um, you've just you've just done it again. Yeah, no, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is groundbreaking. No, it's it not. is really positive. So I just I always just say to myself because in every other facet of life, whether it's a job, a relationship, whatever, there is always a prerequisite to be able to do something. So if you want to get a job, you have to have the CV, you have to have the experience. If you want to get to school, you have to get the grades. If you want to get a house, you have to get a contract. If you want to make decisions over your own body, you have to get people to sign it off for you don't fucking know you mm. so uh, but with activism it's the only thing in the world that is so democratic like literally no one can tell you you're not the right person to make the world a better place no one can tell you that mm. you are this job is for everyone mm. and whenever I'm struggling or I'm like oh I shouldn't be doing this or like am I because activism is at its best agitating people until they change something that's what it is mm. so you always get made to feel like you're an agitator like you're a problem Mm. and I always say to myself like no one can tell me I'm not the right person to make the world a better place like that is something I will hold with me forever and Mm. we should all yeah because no one can tell you you're not because you all have experiences and skills so that's what I say to myself a lot and then that is really important Gina that is an amazing message to have because I think our default is always, I am not the right person. Or someone else will do it. It's yes. like bystander. Yeah, bystander mentality. Yeah. A bit of laziness. and But also self-sabotage. A yeah, huge not, amount of self-sabotage. Not necessarily believing in yourself enough that you could be that person. I think yeah. it's easier change. not to, isn't it? It's easier to go yeah, like, oh, that's too hard. I'd never be able to do it anyway than try. Yeah. Um, and then there was another quote by Maya Angelou, but I just lost it. I saw it the other day and I was so <laughs> excited it. about it and now I've lost it. But it's basically, it says... Um, if you don't know better, do your best, but then when you know better, do better. Yeah. And it's just, I just, I'm so bored of hearing, I mean, I'm just bored of hearing people, and I'm, when I say this, I am talking about race conversations, but I'm just bored of hearing people be like, yeah, but I, yeah, but it's not my fault, I didn't know, I didn't know, like, I get so many DMs being like, can you tell me, like, explain this to me, and I'm like, I, everything I have learned, I've learned through Google and books. Mm. and going to talks and listening to people if you care about something go out there and learn about it and like it's actually a comforting quote that one from Maya too because it's like yeah. it's you're not you always going to be perfect, perfect. Yeah. but when you learn push for more exactly like, when you know better do better you have a responsibility but you also are a human yeah, yeah. and it's, exactly. that, it's both of those things that you need to always yeah. remember yeah. to keep yourself sane and I do worry that, that certainly the media like whirlwind that we are in right now in society is so quick to judge on a mistake made the wrong word the wrong whatever that may be yeah. and I am scared that that will make people so scared I think it already yeah, has they don't want to talk it's like that effect where you know someone maybe there's something happening on a bus and you don't want to get involved but fundamentally something's going wrong yeah but you become a bystander because you're scared that you're going to overstep the mark or do you're going to offend or you're going to do something wrong. Totally. And I think that quote really helps you settle that kind of insecurity around that because you're human and you're just trying to do better. And when you know, you continue to push further. And yeah. it's all about, it's just all about, it's, it's all, all about learning. Like I don't yeah. mind if someone says like the, the most, 
I mean, there's a, obviously a line, but like if my friends or my male friends that I love or people, you have to remember about people's intention as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you know people, you know they're good people and they're, yeah. and they're up for learning. If they say something wrong, okay, discuss it with them. If they're open to learning, that's it. Yeah. If they want to learn and they, and they are genuinely interested and their intention is right, it's all about intentions. So yeah. do your best. And then when you know better, do better. And that goes for yourself as well, to like know that if you're well-intended but you're you know, apprehensive because you don't feel completely informed on a topic, you know, get involved in the conversation Be and be prepared to, to be, be called out yeah. and, and to take that with gratitude exactly. because that is, the, that is the when I know better, I exactly. will be better. That's you're, you're how you become better is totally. to get called out and to get things wrong yeah. and to maybe offend a couple of people along the way and then, you know, fix yourself and, and apologise. I'm so ready for in the public eye, like now that I'm in the public eye, I'm literally, me and Joey talk about it, I'm like, I'm going to be an asshole at some point. Someone's going to, I'm going to publicly fuck like, up massively. they'll be like she's an asshole we all believed in her so much everything's been too perfect until now people are too happy with me they're too they they respect me too much because of my work and i think that's fair but i'm gonna fuck up sometime i'm a human and when i'm called an asshole i'll be like yeah an asshole sorry i'll do better that's Mm, it yeah Yeah, that's Mm. it god i hate those celebrity media statements where they're like well it wasn't my fault i'm sorry you're all offended yes (laughs) exactly own your shit own your shit Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, next segment. This is my favourite. This is the pet to the people. So this is a pet talk on activism right now. It could be something that your community has said or we know. Questions around keeping motivation when you're campaigning. Questions around activism. What comes up a lot when when you're on social? Biggest thing is how do I keep going when it gets really hard? And I think that's a very Mm. universal question. I think it comes to me in campaigning activism, but I think it's kind of universal for life. Mm. And yeah. My biggest thing is, like, realise that it's actually not down to you. Like, no one... When I was crying in the bath during the campaign and Geordie was running me baths and picking me up and putting me on the sofa and and I was a mess, I never got out of the bath and was like, oh, okay, time to slay. Like, that never happened. <laughs> that never happened. That brings because, me so much joy. <laughs> yeah, because I, I never woke up and was like in my pink suit, walking around my house, having a quick coffee before I stuck it to the man. Like, that's what the image is. Yeah. That was never the reality of it, and it wouldn't be, because I'm a human being. It's not just down to you to keep the momentum going, and I think that's where that question comes from. There's a big sense of, like, well, it's all down to me to keep this momentum going. It's not down for you, to you. You have to be incredibly intentional about the people that are around you. Yeah. I had so I had friends who, at the beginning of the campaign, I had people around me who made me feel a bit shit or weren't that supportive. They just weren't... Like, they're nice people. They just weren't, like cheerleaders of my life and like when I fucked up and needed to vent for three hours and cry about Christopher Chope killing the bill they would have probably got bored after the first half an hour mm-hmm. and I I needed to deprioritize friendships and people around me until I had a kind of a bulletproof support system of people who would literally pick me up and be like you're excellent you're doing really you're working really hard what can I do whether it's getting you a drink or it's dry or going on the tube with you just to the door or it's like going, reading through legislation with you, just reading out loud because you can't see because your eyes have gone weird because you've been doing it since 5am. Like, what can I do for you? It's about who you build around you. It's not up to you to keep the motive and motivation going all the time. It's up to your family and your people to help you do that. Mm. We all deserve that. We can't mm. all do it all the time. You're going you're gonna to have hard times. And my biggest thing is when you get to the point where you want to give up and you have like a little tantrum about it, which I have many, <laughs> it's often, it's literally often your brain and your body because it's so tired of working yeah. having a mini tantrum before it it's like crying your body yeah. will get it out you'll have a tantrum you'll be like can't do it 
And then if you care about it enough, you'll get up the next day and carry on. You'll show up again. Mm. It's like this, I always feel like those really hard times are kind of a mini breakthrough, a mini tantrum before a bit of a breakthrough. It's a, I like to think of the snake shedding its skin. Yeah. Mm. It's this like transmutation of like letting go of, or, or opening a new door, you know, like coming through whatever, into whatever the next phase is. Yeah, mm. and let yourself get angry. Let yourself get, I can't do this. I spend a day in your pants watching Harry Potter. Remove yourself from the situation so you can go back into it refreshed and like, okay, I can do this. No one has to be on 100% of the time. It's not possible. But but let people take the weight for you. Let the people that love you take the weight for you as well. Yeah, for sure. Fucking good pet talk. We literally didn't have like, to contribute anything. Literally sorry. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no we that's in amazing. In all. <laughs> um, well, that actually brings us to the end. Oh, so short and sweet. Short and that's sweet. That's how we do it. That's Just like a little slice. Little <laughs> juicy little slice. Oh, my God, it's such a slice. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Gina, for joining us. We massively appreciate it. That was fucking useful, insightful, inspiring, motivational, everything. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Guys, have an amazing morning. We love you all. Kill it. Go and slay the day. But remember, if you don't, it's okay. Okay, (laughs) we love you. Bye. of the slice a new episode drops every monday at 6 a.m whether you're dealing with a well-being challenge or need some inspiration at work the slice is here to get you motivated and ready to step into your power we are on instagram twitter and facebook just search the slice podcast i've been tara starlet your resident wellness warrior community marketing expert and growth guru you can follow me at tara starlet and i've been megan morass your resident motivational mentor, business owner, and power pep talker. Follow me at Megan Morass. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for the next slice.